Hi, everyone. I'm Myra Thomas, and welcome to The Buzz from Bank Automation News, where we explore how automation technology is transforming the banking industry. This is our weekly wrap for what's happening in the industry this week. And before beginning, I'd like to give a big thanks to our sponsor, Volante Technologies. Thanks so much for your support. I'm pleased to be joined today by Lorraine Lawson and Jesperi Kalra, associate editors here. It's July 16, 2021, and here's what's happening in general technology news. First off, we got a really interesting tweet from Square's Jack Dorsey talking about the creation of a Bitcoin-like financial services business. Um, his tweet said specifically that Square is building an open developer platform with the sole goal of making it easy to create non-custodial permissionless and decentralized financial services. Uh, calls out to Square obviously did not uh, get us any additional information, but BAN is reaching out to them next week, which they'll have an additional announcement involving something else. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said there are risks from stablecoin and they're looking to further regulate it for safety for uh, consumers. Valuations for funding, valuations and funding amounts for fintechs uh, continue to soar, including, and this will be mentioned in one of our stories today, the $800 million Series E round for Revolut, uh, taking its valuation to $33 billion. Intel is rumored to be in talks to buy chip manufacturer Global Foundries, for 30 billion as well. And Indian company Paytm filed with the country's regulators for a $2.2 billion IPO. The digital payments company has such well-known backers as Alibaba, Ant, Financial, Berkshire Hathaway, and of course, SoftBank. This week, American Express also announced a pilot of its first and new uh, self-service digital planning tool, working alongside with start, a startup uh, Bodeswell to create it. And here are some of the bigger news items that the editorial team here at BAN worked on this week. Uh, obviously, earnings news from some of the big banks took front stage. Jespri, you had a chance to delve more deeply into those and wrote up a number of stories for us. Can you talk a little bit about, especially about uh, the, the developments of Bank of America? Sure. I mean, so from like a wide angle lens, banks sort of continue to report better performances as compared to what happened last year when the pandemic hit. And they're slowly sort of releasing their pandemic reserves as well, indicating that they're sort of overall bullish on the recovery of the economy so far. But what took sort of center stage in the Bank of America's uh, conference call and their earnings as well is that they've reported very strong digital growth. For example, like 85% of all of their book mortgages came in through digital channels and they said specifically that Erica continues to grow by leaps and bounds. Now, Erica is their AI conversational chatbot and their usage grow by, grew by 47% on a yearly basis. And it's not just on the retail banking side, like Erica powered capabilities have also now been integrated at financial advisor workstations at Merrill Lynch. So what's visible is that Erica's backbone is sort of expanding within Bank of America, that a lot of those functionalities are now seeping into things like wealth management, financial advisory, XYZ. And Goldman Sachs also made a specific comment about their tech strategies, where their CEO said that they're in the third innings of their tech-driven efficiency gains, and they sort of see it when things come to scale, the unit costs will keep coming down and sort of the, pro the process only gets better from here. Yeah, I, I think you noted that there was a significant reduction in staffing at Bank of America and they, you know, they pointed all towards uh, tech 
automation gains and uh, driven gains through technology, correct? Yeah, so Bank of America said that they've reduced 2,500 full-time employees this quarter, and a, a, a notable chunk of it came through tech-driven efficiencies. Now, they sort of complemented this comment by saying that what's happening is while there is expansion in front office hirings that handle sales, relationships, XYZ, there is a reduction in back office hirings or like back office positions, which is more about the routine tasks, which is where we really see automation playing a bigger role in those routine repetitive tasks that can be quickly digitized and automated. Did you get a sense? that some of the other banks were making sort of similar claims as far as staff reductions and beefing up front office? Yeah, so Wells Fargo made a comment that was very similar to this, that they're sort of streamlining their entire process and their focus will be on like a mobile first strategy and using clouds and fintech sort of competition to see how the bank readies itself for the future. JP Morgan sort of did not comment on this directly, but what was interesting that came out of them is that they see their international expansion strategy being heavily dependent on digital rails. And their chief financial officer said this specifically, that if they are to expand, say, in the UK or Brazil, where they've made recent acquisitions, it cannot be on a branch-based strategy because there are already incumbents in place who would sort of hinder that or would prove to be tough competition. So they see digital as like a key part of expanding into newer markets. So did they give specific details, Bank of America, uh, as far as their AI deployment? Yeah, so they talked about their AI deployment being an efficiency play overall, and be it things like, say, engaging with customer inquiries on the front end of it when Erica interacts with customers. On the back end of it, it's more about the queries financial advisors have themselves when clients ask them questions. It's about querying a lot of information that can be hidden deep in policy documents AI-based systems are able to do that quickly, and hence it adds efficiency and speed to their internal processes. I think our um, team has been following this quite a bit. I think, Lorraine, you had a chance to uh, write a bit about AI when it comes to, I guess, business volatility and acquisitions uh, for Bank of America, as well as, I guess, on the wealth management side as well. Yeah, the first thing I would say is calling Erica a chatbot is uh, probably insulting to Erica. She's <laughs> They prefer to call her a virtual assistant, and she it truly does sort of uh, reach to that level in that it's being used to assist with commercial banking and wealth management. Their AI capabilities at Bank of America also extend to predicting which companies are likely to be acquired close to a year in advance. So that's one way they're deploying AI in trading businesses. So um, Bank of America has very advanced AI capabilities, I would say. That, that is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, I also got a chance, and it will be in our funding story today, to, to actually talk to someone over at Revolut regarding their recent funding round and that massive valuation. So um, I think the funding news was that 800 million, uh, they had an 800 million fundraise for a Series E round, taking the company to 33 billion, making it one of the most valuable uh, UK startups and uh, making it the most valuable UK, UK startup and one of the biggest startups in the world. Um, the London-based app is focused on banking investing, currency transfer, um, as of uh, other money management services. Um, the spokesperson from Revolut that I talked to uh, said they have about 16 million retail customers and around about 500,000 business customers. Um, obviously, my question was that given uh, the round and given the size, it seems as if going public would be the next obvious step. Um, but 
she she noted that there were no plans to do so in the near future. So that was interesting to find out. Uh, this is another round led by SoftBank. No surprise, their Vision 2 fund and Tiger Global. Um, but so that'll be interesting to see what develops there. So next week, uh, we have some interesting things coming up as well. Um, I'm working on a story. Uh, well, actually, I was lucky enough to get a podcast done with Charlie Ma over at Alloy. And we talked a little bit about the automation needed uh, at traditional banks in order to recruit uh, Gen Z customers, which he said was a little bit more difficult than the banks want to acknowledge given uh, KYC issues. Lorraine, what are you working on this week coming up? Well, I'm working on some security uh, information. This week we reported on APS security uh, as a growing threat. So next week we will have some tips on how you can deal with that. We'll also be looking at a new report from F5 that looks at uh, the vulnerability in web applications. That, that really is how hackers do most of their work. Any tidbits of uh, advice you can give us on the API security piece? Uh, well, <laughs> let me think. And I'm off the top of my head today. So you'll just have to turn in next week, I'm afraid. Sorry, I threw you that one. Uh, Jess Preet, hey, what's coming up next week for you? So I'm following sort of the major appointments that happened at major banks this week, this month and following what sort of that indicates with the technology growth at different institutions and also looking into how sort of this entire idea around decentralized financial services is likely to interact with mainstream banking. Well, that sounds great. Thank you so much for joining us for the weekly wrap on The Buzz. Here's a look ahead. We did that already. Sorry about that. Um, I want to thank everyone once again for listening. For more podcast content, check out bankautomationnews.com and search The Buzz uh, from Bank Automation News on iTunes and Spotify. Thanks so much.